0: Hi, I'm Naomi Bierenbaum. Welcome back to the Berkeley High Jacket podcast. As COVID-19 cases continue to fluctuate, reopening dates all across Berkeley Unified School District, or BUSD, remain uncertain. BUSD elementary schools had a planned reopening date in mid-January, but this is no longer possible due to the volume of current COVID cases. For secondary schools, there is no set reopening date, but their timeline will likely be pushed back as well. The district is continuing to make plans and decisions and efforts to be as prepared as possible for reopening, whether the transition from distance learning to hybrid learning happens soon
1: or not for months longer.
0: For the Jacket podcast, Clara Brownstein looked into where Berkeley High School and BUSD are in making these plans and how the complicated decisions that come with them get made. There are multiple steps in the long process of reopening Berkeley High School. One of the first steps involves the principal, Juan Regoza. Mr. Regoza is, similar to the district at large, central to thinking about a distance learning plan for the school. However, Mr. Regoza works more with specifics rather than making the general decisions. He has been readying school facilities for more in-person learning, speaking to students and staff, and thinking about creative ways to bring students back to campus, whether for full hybrid learning or just specific activities.
2: I think that my role is um, is first of all to listen to the needs of our students, the needs of our families, um, and also the needs of our teachers. And I think one of the common threads um, with all of those groups is the need for safety. And so, as as the current interim principal, um, I'm responsible for really assessing how we would bring students back in a in an extremely safe way not to ever jeopardize anybody's safety. And so what I'm doing is I'm surveying our campus, I'm making sure that we have all of the protective equipment necessary for when students and staff do return. I'm making sure that our safety officers are are supported to be able to keep everyone safe. Um, we've looked at rooms to see that our rooms are well ventilated. That we have the capacity for students to return and maintain social distancing. Um, we're looking at all facilities, including bathrooms, and how you know students would use restrooms and still be safe. Um, and so, I've done some of that physical research, and then one of the next steps that I'm taking is I'm speaking with our teachers about what ideas they have for students coming back because they're with you most of the day. And so they're hearing directly from you about what your needs are, right? We, When we're able to, we don't want to bring students just for the sake of bringing students back. We want to bring you back um, and give you an experience that's worth your time um, because there's going to be a lot of logistics to, to play out. So whether that's bringing you back for interventions academically to support you and make sure you're doing well in your classes, whether that's bringing you back for social-emotional learning opportunities because we know a lot of students are really isolated right now and struggling mentally. Um, And whether that's bringing you back to do community building our our ninth graders have just joined us this year and haven't stepped foot on campus, right? Our 10th graders went from the universal ninth grade program into the small learning communities. A lot of them did. And they haven't had an opportunity to meet their teachers or their new SLC. And so I'm working with teachers um, to really try to understand what they feel is best for students Um, and then finding a way to make that happen, right? We only have so much space on campus. um, So just like we were able to bring back athletic conditioning and it's all outdoors right now, I wanna make sure that whatever opportunities do start to come up, um, that we have the space and the capacity to bring them on. So my role is really to listen and to put together a plan that I then share some of those details with Dr. Stevens, our superintendent, um, and it's really Dr. Stevens and our school board that then make sure we're following all city, state, county, um, and federal guidelines. And, and when we reopen, my job is to make sure that we have a plan in place to go and not to say, okay, now we can reopen, now let's think about the plan. I want to make sure we're ready for when we can come back.
0: As Mr. Ragoza mentioned, BUSD Superintendent Dr. Brent Stevens and his office are also central to the creation of the hybrid learning plan. They work on collecting data through recent surveys and town halls for students to share their opinions. With this information, along with what Mr. Regoza passes along to Dr. Stevens, a hybrid learning plan is formed. According to the superintendent, forming a hybrid learning plan is the single most important part of reopening secondary schools. This is especially relevant because the district began this process over the summer, when they thought schools may reopen in the fall but halted halfway through. Dr. Stevens and other district officials now must return to that plan.
1: Our intention at this point is to begin reaching out to teachers, to families, we'd love to engage students, um, to share the work that we had completed over the summer, and then also to look at some of the hybrid learning plans in other high schools to see what would be positive for Berkeley High, what might not work as well for Berkeley High, uh, and then to um, really engage with our teachers' union primarily um, to finalize those details.
0: After this, the plan will go to the school board. I spoke to Ty Alpert, the school board president, who outlined his and the rest of the board's role.
3: The board um, you know, is responsible for um, ultimately approving a plan, um, a, a lot of, you know, details are left to the superintendent and the principal and the teachers and the classified staff who are doing the work and students. Um, but at, at a sort of high level, the board is responsible for, you know, approving a plan to, to reopen the schools or partially reopen the schools. I mean, it's not, we've never been in this situation before, so it's not exactly clear what. Everybody's role is, but that's generally, you know, generally the school board is responsible for ultimately any policy um, in the district and whether and how to reopen our schools, you know, probably fits into that category.
0: Obviously, even after this process, reopening dates or plans are not set in stone as COVID-19 cases continue to fluctuate. But it is one of the final steps in readying schools to reopen the creation and implementation of a hybrid learning plan in busd is made particularly challenging by the little governmental help busd has been given throughout the process according to dr stevens yeah i i would sort of characterize um sort of federal and
1: state agencies involvement right now as providing guidance um You know, it's been a very confusing environment, because the federal, state, county, and local governments all have requirements of schools. Um, Those requirements sometimes overlap, and sometimes they're different. Uh, And for school districts, it's been very confusing to try and understand all these guidance documents and then react to all the changes taking place. Um, What we haven't been experiencing a lot of, and I wish this were different, is uh, help, um, so for the most part, school districts in California are trying to figure out a vast array of different health practices, of partnerships, of contracts, um, and, and all of that has been very, very demanding.
0: Yeah. So what, what could that maybe look like if there was some more help from state or federal governments for school districts? Yeah, Uh, You know, what would be immensely helpful is um,
1: either at the county or state level uh, more organized support for student testing, uh, student COVID testing. It would be helpful to have a clearinghouse of information from districts um, so that we uh, weren't constantly having to reach out to one another but could go to a single location to find examples of how districts were doing this well, what works, what doesn't work. Uh, it would also be helpful just to have a uniform set of standards for opening um, and then uh, just a greater level of coordination about things like the provision of, of essential protective equipment, uh, employee testing, student testing, uh, even resources to be able to do contact tracing. Uh, Contract tracing has now been left to the district to figure out, and, and so we had to hire our own staff, get them trained, um, and that's just been difficult for every school to every school district to be on its own for this array, of, to provide this array of services.
0: Despite these challenges on the path to hybrid learning at Berkeley High, the school can take small steps to reopen in the meantime. As Mr. Ragoza mentioned earlier, athletic conditioning, as well as yearbook distribution earlier in the year, have been the only on-campus activities for Berkeley High students. These programs both required a lot of planning, and for students to be in cohorts, meaning with a specific and constant group of students. But Mr. Ray Goza is open to more similar programs in the future.
2: So what I can say is, you know, I just spoke to some um, students on leadership and I told them, if this is something that you want to happen, it's going to take work, but we need to really think about specifics. So rather than saying, how do we get back students on campus? Putting forward a plan, how do we get this activity on campus? on campus? Or how do we get this one thing to happen? Because it allows us then to come around, come up with a plan to support that initiative. But I think if if students have a club that maybe has a specific targeted reason to be on campus and they have a staff member, uh, an advisor that would be able and willing to come in, supervise in a very, very small setting, that's something that students can reach out to us about. I would like students to start having these conversations. At the same time, you know, uh, this, is, this, isn't, this shouldn't fall on your shoulders. And I think the priority that I would have for students is to do the best they can right now with distance learning. Um, but, you know, if students feel like they want to advocate, I think this could definitely be an opportunity to say, hey, I'm a part of this club, I'm a part of this class, I have a staff member who, who can support us, how can we maybe make this happen?
0: Although the decision-making process around reopening is long, and it can feel as though students don't have a voice in it, everyone I talk to emphasized the importance of hearing from students. For students who want to make their voices heard, they can reach out to anyone interviewed in this podcast. And Albert also shared a variety of other ways students can share their perspectives.
3: There's a few things they can do, um, and we really want to hear from students. So one is, when there are things like student town hall meetings, they should come to them and they should make their views known in forums like that that are particularly to hear from students. So that's one thing. Um, they can talk to Miles because he's the representative of Berkeley High and he can um, share the, the sort of collective views that he gets from students. So people can call or email Miles. Um, they can absolutely come to our meetings, the school board meetings, and speak in public comment. Um, they should plan to have a one or two minute speech That's that's how much time you get, so it's not a lot of time, but we'd love to hear from students at those meetings. And then the final thing they can do is email us, and they can send an email to boardofed at berkeley.net, and it goes to all the school board members, so you don't even have to look up people's individual email addresses. Um, And they could include the superintendent, too, which is superintendent at berkeley.net. So I would say that's a number of different ways that students can – get involved and have their voice heard and and i think they're probably a lot of different views they're not all the same but really important for us to hear
0: thanks for listening to this episode of the berkeley high jacket podcast you can find more episodes and coverage of the berkeley high community at our website bhsjacket.com This episode was written and edited by Clara Brownstein. It includes interviews with Juan Ragoza, Brent Stevens, and Ty Alper with Clara Brownstein. Additional voices include Naomi Bierenbaum and
1: Clara Brownstein.